Let's get some insights in the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Juan Nigan, U.S. economist at RSM. Thanks for being here. So um, interesting reports here, GDP and durable goods, uh, quarterly reports as we saw GDP higher than expected. What are your takeaways? So I think today's uh, data on GDP is really uh, an example of why we should look under the top line because the devil is really in the details here because um, even though GDP grew at 2.6% higher than expectation, uh, our focus is mainly on the final sales data, which include business, government, and consumer spending. Now, final sales grew only 0.5% in the third quarter. If you compare that to one and a half year prior to the third quarter, the average was 4%. So we're really seeing a slowdown in terms of spending at the moment. Now for the real economy, which represents American businesses, producers and households, that really a bad sign uh, moving forward because now we're gonna have to expect uh, lower spending, slowdowns in, in terms of spending, and then higher chance of recession, especially in the second half of 2023. We have updated our recession probability from 45% in the last couple of months to now 65%. Tell me a little bit more about your expectations and elaborate on the idea of the recession. When, how deep, mild, what are you thinking here? So at the moment, our base case is still pointing to a shallow recession in the second half of 2023, because by then we're going to see the full impact of interest rate hikes coming from the Federal Reserve. And then we have a slowdown in terms of jobs gains, and then we have a slowdown in terms of uh, industrial production and business investment. Now, um, that doesn't mean that uh, we're going to see uh, robust growth after that shallow recession because we think we're going to see a regime shift after that recession maybe in the next uh, two three years because we're going to see a higher level inflation that we didn't see before the uh, the pandemic which was around two percent our base case point to around three percent in the next two three years now with that in mind the federal reserve will have to increase interest rate to about five percent uh, or a little bit above five percent in the first quarter of next year and we expect them to hold interest rate at that level uh, before they see any meaningful um, decline in inflation especially the core inflation Understood, understood. At this point, it's interesting how you are seeing some signs, right, where inflation is coming down, GDP is growing. I mean, that could bring some optimism. We got in our jobless claims, continuing claims have been on the rise. Um, what do you make of the labor market? I think the labor market is saying that is still a very tight labor market, even though that uh, personally, I think that labor market is um, not as strong as it, it appears at the moment, because even though we're adding a lot of jobs lately, personal income has been flat since uh, basically uh, the start of uh, 2021 and now has been flat uh, in, in 2022. So more jobs doesn't mean more income. Right. So now we have to rely on excess saving to keep spending afloat. So, um, again, I, I don't think the labor market is as strong as it appears. Interesting. What do you think about the moves that we saw abroad, for example, in the ECB raising rates again, 75 basis points? Um, are you 
still seeing the coordinated efforts by central banks, or are we going to start seeing some changes where some, you know, you know, we hear tightening. Some may start to ease sooner than others. Yeah, so we saw uh, an unexpected easing uh, coming from the BOC Bank of Canada uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, so um, we still expect the um, ECB to increase interest rate uh, further because they have a more severe problem with inflation over there, basically due to the spike in in energy prices. So, um, but. One of our concerns at the moment is that uh, with the ECB and with the Federal Reserve hiking rates at uh, this pace, we're going to see some crack, especially in the emerging markets. Um, we saw uh, the, um, the, the Central Bank of Japan intervened in, in, in the foreign exchange market uh, very recently. So we're going to see a lot more of that uh, coming into the picture, which adds really adds uh, another layer of uncertainties around inflation, global recession, and, um, and, um, and um, economic growth. Understood. And a quick thought on housing, because as rates have gone from 3% to 7%, um, you know, obviously that puts a damper in people looking for mortgages and housing. But we did see um, new home sales this week, too, rising over 10%. Your thoughts? So I believe actually new home sales um, uh, this week declined by, by about 10%. All right, so um, new home sale uh, spike unexpectedly in August, but now new home sale declined by by uh, by ten percent. So that's uh, that's I, I don't think that's that's a surprise because that's uh, again an, um, reaffirmed the downtrend in terms of uh, the housing market at the moment. But I think um, historically speaking, if you compare housing prices to the shelter component in inflation, um, there's uh, there's a about 12 to 16 month lag uh, uh, time uh, between uh, the the peak of housing prices and the peak of the shelter component in CPI or uh, PC inflation reports. So we're gonna see inflation in terms of uh, of the shelter component last a little bit longer um, potentially until the end of 2023. So um, even though we're seeing some downside in terms of housing sales. We're not going to see um, a decline in terms of housing of the shelter component anytime soon. Yeah, understand. It's great to see you. Tuan Nguyen, thank you. U.S. economist RSM, thank you for being here with us. Appreciate it.